John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show! Here's John. And here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan. The International Comedy Podcast, episode 50. 50! Can you believe we made it? Did you think we would ever get to 50? Well, I did, yeah, but I didn't think we'd end up in 50 in a global pandemic. Where we were kind of, <laughs> I could not have predicted that, to be honest. <laughs> do you think Do you think we've caused it? Do you think it's been a, a link? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know how long it's taken us to get to 50? Well, two episodes a month to two years and a month yeah well no basically we released our i can't remember the exact date but it was march two years ago so we've been Uh, i remember driving to your house and doing it that was just great times (laughs) life is so much simpler then i know toilet paper wasn't a worry yeah Leila was a baby still so she wasn't causing mayhem Emma was at nursery all day. So, yeah, Mondays, just come to your house, chill out, eat some fried chicken from the family super. Oh, when life was fun. I know. Can you believe what it's turned into? Well, I mean, my life is... I'm going to say, you know, obviously the coronavirus has made my life take a turn for the worst, but in a weird way. Uh, I don't know if you can see, but I've got like a, I've got a big TV in my bedroom now. I I've can put... see it. Where I'm assuming you stole it off uh, <laughs> yeah, my granny. <laughs> yeah, my sister, because she's moving out, doesn't need it anymore. So I've got a big TV. I plugged my PlayStation Three in, dusted off uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, and uh, downloaded <laughs> FIFA Sixteen on the PlayStation Three. So I've got, I've got my TV hooked up to Netflix. So I'm basically just turned into a 15 year old boy again. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this, but I've joined this. Uh, it's called Beer 52, the UK's number one beer club, where they give you for the first month uh, for six pound, five pound ninety five, <laughs> next day delivery. They give you uh, a case of uh, craft beers, different beers that you can try, and then it's thirty quid a can month. I, for, I just for... like to in, interject <laughs> slightly. I listen to other podcasts, and Beer 52 prom- literally pay money to get a sponsored segment in other podcasts. Let me uh, just clarify to all the listeners, we have not been paid for that promotion there. <laughs> no, no, no. But Beer um, 52, if you're, if you're interested, if you're listening, then for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yes, yeah, so I've done that. And uh, last night I had what's called a, a, the House Party app. So uh, somebody said it uh, up. Yeah, and- I saw you put that on Facebook. What is this House Party app? I put it on Facebook. Uh, sorry, Twitter, Twitter. Right, oh, that must mean that that app is um, <laughs> putting stuff up. Right, we'll have to delete no, that then. Y- no, no, uh, no. I, I think you must have been so drunk you don't remember tweeting last night. At about, I would say, 1am UK time where you are now, you put uh, a tweet out that said, oh, I've had a great night. I went, <laughs> went on the uh, house party app and then I watched some shit movie or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. It had... It had the uh, stench of alcoholism of running through it. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I mean, it's it's dangerous that app because uh, it was supposed to be my friend Francis's fortieth birthday party, 
And so um, there's a load of us just got together and we ended up just talking to random people, uh, friends of friends who connected on the app. And because you sat drinking by yourself in a, in a room, you tend to drink very, very quickly. One of our friends managed to fall asleep in the kitchen on her live stream. <laughs> so what is it? How does it work? Like, so people... It's basically like just group calling. But you can have like right. up to eight people in a room um, and then you can press certain buttons and you can have like quizzes where everybody's got to answer quizzes and stuff and it's good. Wow. It's good fun. Okay, um, sounds it's good. It's the future when we're not allowed to see each other. <laughs> a glimpse into it. How are you doing with it? Uh, yeah, no, Japan is at the moment in sort of a, in a what I would call a soft lockdown, which means there's no lockdown. They, they've said, well, if you would mind please not going out, then... Uh, that would be nice, and people aren't paying much attention. Uh, I've stayed home all day today, although it was raining and sort of snowing. But the, <laughs> the, the uh, I got affected by the uh, that was affected, not infected, by the coronavirus. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm pretty sure this the coronavirus was the reason for it. I teach at nursery schools, and this was a couple of weeks ago. We haven't spoken for a while. And I went to the uh, nursery school, and then I was talking to the head teacher there before the lesson, and I and we were talking, sort of talking about the coronavirus and the problems and things like that. And then I said um, in Japanese, and I, I needed to go for a wee, so in Japanese I said to her, "Or teharai karate mo ka," which kind of translates into, "Can I borrow the hand wash, please?" Which is like <laughs> a polite way of saying toilet, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And I knew where the toilet was, but she kind of, instead of guiding me towards the toilet, she guided me into the office. And I thought, this is weird. I didn't know there was a toilet in there. And then she guided me over, and there was just a sink in the office, like where they make like a little kitchen, kind of. (laughs) And there was no toilet. So she's literally thought, I want to wash my hands. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't piss in the sink. It, it did cross my mind. So I washed my hands and then I still needed to go for a wee, but I didn't want to tell her, actually, oh, I've so meant British. I need kind of. <laughs> so I taught the lesson and the whole time throughout the lesson, I was dying to go for a pee. Oh, that's painful just listening to it. I know. And by the end of it, I came out and then she was, you know, she's always waiting for me. She's such a nice lady. And she came out and gave me a cup of tea or coffee. And so, oh, I said, just oh, what you uh, need. Well, uh, coffee's an antidiotic. <laughs> and I said to her, very clearly this time in Japanese, may I use the toilet, please? <laughs> <laughs> so I went down and managed not to uh, piss my pants in front of 30 children. So <laughs> it was a good result. But I'm blaming the coronavirus. Everything. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, bra- I'm blaming the coronavirus because... She was. We were talking about it, and she was so kind of uh, focused on sanit, you know, sanitizing hands, and exactly, exactly. So, so yeah. So, I mean, this coronavirus really has a lot to answer for. Do you think <laughs> that we're going to get to episode fifty-one? Oh, definitely. Well, I don't, now I've got FIFA and uh, Grand Theft Auto Five and the Beer Club. <laughs> I'm like Benjamin Button. I'm going back in time. My hair's going to start growing. Episode 52, I'll have curtains. <laughs> if you don't wash your hands properly, it will be curtains. Yeah. So on that cheerful note, what's on today's show? You know you know how I often say we have a packed show? Well, yeah. t- t- today we really do have a packed show. Nice. <laughs> we have uh, Culture Corners returned. One of It's a 50th, ep- 50th ep- 
the 50th episode. So it was time to bring back some uh, of the classic segments. So Culture Corner's back with Edgar Frank. We have the burning question, of course. And we have a very special guest, Mickey P. Kerr, with some musical comedy. Uh, But of course, first, this. This is JNSNJ News. Okay, now it's time for the news section of the show. Sam, what have you got for us? Well, this is a story from Tokyo, Japan. Um, It's from Japan Today, and the story begins, Who doesn't enjoy the thrill of live baseball? The crack of the bat and the roar of the... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, uh, I'm with you. Pretty boring. (laughs) Let's pretend that baseball's interesting. So it says, who doesn't enjoy the thrill of live baseball? Except everyone in, who's involved in this podcast. The crack of the bat and the roar of the crowd as wacky mascots take the field uh, are, but, are but few of the delights that can be, only be truly enjoyed firsthand. But for some people, that also means cramped seating amongst other people who have proven themselves quite capable of using their own children as weapons to attack each other. It's crazy enough to drive some what? people. I know. <laughs> Just sort of realizing the beginning of this article is quite weird. <laughs> Using children to attack people. That's not That's not even the weirdness of this story. That's just something the author who... It doesn't actually say the journalist's name on the article. Times I've, I've been to baseball probably about five times in my life. I've never seen anybody using a child as a weapon. It literally says that. <laughs> Have proven themselves capable of using their own children as weapons to attack each other. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to YouTube this. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a thing. We're not into baseball. Maybe it's a common occurrence. Like football hooligans, but instead of using bricks and chains, they use children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Two birds with one stone, I suppose. Isn't one of the baseball teams called uh, Yokohama DNA? (laughs) Yeah. Using their own (laughs) DNA as weapons. (laughs) It says, it's crazy. This behaviour is crazy enough to drive some people to equally crazy lengths just to get a little bit more elbow room. So I think what the journalists are trying to say is that people want more space at the stadium. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they must be getting paid by the word. He must be, yes. Enter 41-year-old Kiyoshi Shibamura, who on September 10 last year reserved a total of 1,870 seats online for two games between the Oryx Buffaloes and SoftBank Hawks at Osaka's Kyocera Dome on the 28th and the 29th of the same month. So why do you think he reserved so many seats? That's like about 900 seats per game. What date was it? Was it in during the coronavirus? No, not really. No, it was in December. Uh, December. Ah, oh, December. Ah, oh, right. so is he just a freak who wants space? Well, what he did was <laughs> he reserved nine hundred seats for each game. He then cancelled all but his own, thus ensuring that no one else would be sitting in a roughly three hundred seat area around himself. Nice. That's quite smart. Yeah. So, but what did he? Did he have to, like, pay for them first and then get refunded? Or Well, it says these particular games were right at the end of the regular season and featured a visiting team who would go on to be the 2019 uh, champions. So these games were very popular and the cancelled seats were valued at approximately 11 million yen. Uh, mm. Naturally, those with a stake in in this revenue weren't happy and an investigation was launched. 
Um, it probably wasn't too hard to find the one guy sitting amongst the hundreds of empty seats. <laughs> yeah. Did he go in a disguise? <laughs> on March 11, Shibamura was arrested on charges of obstructing business. Charge of obstructing business? Wow. What's the, uh, what's the penalty for that? Uh, it says, according to police, he admitted the charges, uh, saying, I wanted to watch the game comfortably with no people around. <laughs> and I wanted to stand out. The plan, the plan certainly worked, but was not without consequences. Uh, despite the ingenuity and sheer patience it took to craft two, <laughs> he's gone to really like extreme length. Despite <laughs> the ingenuity and sheer patience it took to craft nearly two thousand fake identities to, to make all wow. those reservations, comments. Online had little sympathy for the suspect. So he's made two thousand fake separate email addresses just to buy these tickets, and then he's going to get himself arrested. It seems oh, that way. You should have just taken a couple of mates along, shouldn't you, and just stitched them up? Uh, Lee, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but by the time he doesn't have any friends anyway, does he? <laughs> <laughs> no. Some of the uh, comments included: he didn't think this very through very well, did he? Uh, he committed a crime so he could stand out on TV. There's a genius. I mean, those two first comments slightly... I uh, don't know why you bothered, to be to be honest, lads. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they caught him. Sure, it's not a major crime, but these little things add up, and before you know it, society is broken. Well... Oh, God. <laughs> but, but I mean, Society is broken. So, exactly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nostradamus there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd be more worried about people using children as weapons. Than <laughs> yeah, I know. People. I think that was really the the, the worst part about this story. Um, <laughs> and then uh, there was a couple of... This was a, an Oryx game. And there was a couple of, obviously, fans from rival teams commenting. <laughs> One of them was, it's an Oryx game, so this was a victimless crime. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like 1,800 empty seats at an Oryx game is a rare occurrence. Right. Oh. <laughs> So they're all uh, digging in. <laughs> and then in one of the comments under the thing, um, Aston Villa, a famous team in Britain, <laughs> perhaps a Birmingham City fan, <laughs> someone said, uh, this is Luca Brazzi said, someone's been doing the same trick at Villa Park for years, but not been caught hey. yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you called that Shibamura. Uh, well, you said somebody was Nostradamus. It sounds like Shibamura himself was Nostradamus. He... Uh, Seems like he's predicted this social distancing and he's got it down to a T. <laughs> he's ahead of the times. <laughs> he's ahead of the curve. <laughs> ahead of the ahead of the curve ball. Whoa, very good. <laughs> there we go. That was J and S in J News. Welcome one and all to Culture Corner It's the corner You can learn a lot about different cultures But not corners Learn while having fun in Culture Corner It's the corner Words, phrases, metaphors You'll soon know the score Find out what they mean with a Culture Corner team. Hello and welcome to Culture Corner. I'm Edgar Frank and I live in Japan. I'm sure you know that karaoke originates from Japan. Here, 
groups can book a room at a karaoke box where you can order food and drink while you sing. Karaoke boxes may seem innocent from the outside, but are full of drunken debauchery. You can go to any karaoke box in Japan with a group of foreigners at any time of day or night, and you're guaranteed to bump into the following characters. The Smuggler. Despite the alcohol being relatively cheap at karaoke, the smuggler is determined to beat the system. Cleverly, he orders one beer, then furtively fills his glass up under the table with the cans he bought at half the price from the local convenience shop, smuggled in by his bag. When he's feeling even more daring, he'll order from the soft drink bar, but sneaking sake into his glass disguised as water. He toasts victory every time the workers bring alcohol into the room for all the fools who brought it legitimately. The Wanderer. The Wanderer has no interest in singing and even less in listening to anyone else in the group. He's here for the ladies. He will order a song, but by the time it comes up, you look around and he's gone. Invariably, he'd notice a group of Japanese women in the way in, and after a group of beers, he's off to try his luck. You can find him in the room making a nuisance of himself, though at times like this, his dismal Japanese doesn't matter, as he can initially impress the women by singing songs in English, his own language. The Shagger. The Shagger is similar to the Wanderer, in that he's only at karaoke to get laid. The difference is, he succeeds. You see, the Wanderer is an idiot and only gets so far with his singing and rubbish Japanese. The Shagger lets the Wanderer do all the groundwork, then enters the room and gets lucky. Every time. The Wanderer hates the Shagger. Come to think of it, so do I. The man who can sing in Japanese. This character buys his time. You're sat there and see a Japanese song come on expecting your or one of your friend's Japanese partners to sing it. But oh no, the man who can sing in Japanese gets the mic instead and sings it perfectly, even reading the kanji. He doesn't even have to look at the screen. Instead, he makes eye contact with all the foreign men in the room with a smug grin on his face and a condescending look in his eye. This git hasn't chosen any old song. He's purposely chosen one to remind all of the Japanese girls of their teens and makes them scream with delight. Your heart sinks as your Japanese partner gives you a dirty look and asks you why you can't read Japanese like that despite having lived in Japan for years. I hate the person who can sing in Japanese more than I hate the shagger. The fake rock star. This bloke is pretty normal at the pub, a decent guy, but put him in a karaoke room and suddenly he thinks he's Liam Gallagher. Every song he puts on is by Oasis and he sings it with the Liam stance and attitude. To be fair to him, he is a bit like Liam Gallagher. Well, apart from his voice, his sense of style, and the fact he's balding with a beer gut, in his head, he's singing Wonderwall at Main Road in 1995. In reality, he's above a bookshop in Chigasaki. The Drama School Girl. There's always one female who has got a decent voice. Usually at karaoke, you can join in when someone sings. Not with her. Everyone has to sit in silence every time she sings, or is in danger of receiving the death stare. A middle-of-the-road singer who specialises in Celine Dion and Mariah Carey, she can't understand why she failed at drama school. I can. She's boring. The Shouter. At home on the football terraces, the Shouter knows he can't sing but loves the camaraderie of the anthems like Hey Jude or The Piano Man, swaying with his mates, his terrible voice hidden among the group. The problem starts when he attempts to sing on his own. He's happy, but no one else is. Well, I hope you enjoyed this insight into the characters at karaoke in Japan. Thanks for listening to Culture Corner. I'm Edgar Frank and I'm off for a sing-song. See you next time.
Yo, Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two Prince took a shit over a cup of tea Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please But there's something else cooking in the kitchen Could someone answer the burning question? Okay, now it's time for the burning question, which was, what is the worst thing that's happened to you while shopping? Uh, let us know and you might get featured on the show. I can't believe I've just read that. <laughs> <laughs> Shows where my brain is at this morning. <laughs> so, one more time. Oh, you the know what? No, 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 you don't need to say it again. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to leave this in, but we're going to take out the story about the... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking censorship. Uh, um, so, well, what was the worst thing that's happened to you while shopping then, Sam? So has anybody been in touch on Facebook? <laughs> yeah. I, also, I mean, we had a bit of a Nostradamus theme here because let us, I'd like to point out that we set this burning question, or you, you set this burning question before the panic shopping all occurred. So this yeah. it wasn't, this is a post-panic question that uh just <laughs> yeah. happens to be particularly apt for this time yeah. Well, yeah we had a couple of uh responses on facebook laura harris got in touch uh she said the worst thing that happened to her was leaving her keys in the car and having the aa man bend the window out just at the point a lady from costa came running out carrying my keys <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sounds like someone may have had a couple of drinks <laughs> and then yeah. had a Costa in the morning. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, uh, Aaron Daddy got in touch uh, with a, a a very relevant one for these times. He says simply, getting sneezed on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, on Twitter, on Twitter, Sally Ann Fellows got in touch. She said, uh, with my housemates telling her this is the bargain bucket and lifting out stuff going... This, uh, no, yuck, I ate that, and mm, yum, but it was actually a guy's shopping trolley, <laughs> which was awkward. <laughs> and uh, Kat is singing badly, said, she said, about 2011, I had the proper flu. She said, I struggled 45 minutes up the road to the shops, which is only three bus stops in length. I was just fucked up. Struggled round the shop, trying not to infect everyone. I needed a rest before heading back home and passed out. I woke up to find my shopping, my money, and my boots had been nicked. The thieving bastards. That is quite quite awful. <laughs> Let's hope they got the flu, whoever did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hope they get in the flu. <laughs> I like the way she uses the phrase uh, proper flu. Like, it, yeah. Would, would you go like original flu? I don't know. Bog standard flu. Bog standard flu. Also, yeah. when you were saying about the tweet from Sally Ann, as soon as you said, the phrase bargain bucket i i couldn't think of anything but kfc (laughs) (laughs) so i got a bit confused like it's like the bargain bin isn't it the the discount thing yeah (laughs) i just i miss kfc a lot need to get down there (laughs) (laughs) yesterday when i was uh doing this house party i put one of my friends said that he'd been to um a little which is like a chain of cheap supermarkets and he said the staff at Lidl uh, where he lived were like hyenas he said um, there was an old man who got like four packets of toilet roll but it was still sealed so it was like four individual packets but they were still in a four packet covering and the staff said he couldn't have it um, and they said they pounced on him like hyenas and just wrestled him <laughs> to the floor and he said there was an old man just lying on the floor going it's just toilet roll <laughs> I just need a poo. <laughs> How about for you? Well, 
the worst things that happened to me shopping. I think living in Japan, you do to get a couple of bad things. I'd like this probably isn't the worst, but I'd like to give an honourable mention to. And I know this must have happened to you. You go into a bakery or something like that. You see a delicious donut. You know that it's a jam donut. You buy that donut. <laughs> you go outside. You bite into it, and what and is it's, <laughs> it's curry. It's a curry donut. Yeah. Or what's even love, worse than uh, that is that it's a red bean cool. paste. Donut. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I love. It. I miss curry donuts, but uh, Anko, no, they could get get lost. The thing with a curry donut, it's quite nice. It doesn't sound nice, but they're quite nice. But they're not nice if you're expecting jam. Jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that. But the the good thing about that is that you know it's easy to make that mistake if you just pick one up randomly, and you know you could be here for years and still enjoy that error. But I think really my <laughs> the worst thing that ever happened to me in a shop was when I was uh, 15 or so, I went into a clothes shop and I came <laughs> I came out the uh, <laughs> the owner of a very, very baggy pair of red and black striped jeans. Now, <laughs> right. nothing actually bad, <laughs> in inverted commas, happened in the shop, but just the fact that I was allowed to purchase that item of clothing is probably the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me in a shop. <laughs> How about for you? Oh, quite a few. I um, I once accidentally molested a woman because I thought it was my girlfriend. <laughs> we were in a bookshop it was, uh, in Sydney and um, she was looking at magazines when I walked up behind her and kind of grabbed her and went, what are you looking at? And I realised it was a completely different woman. <laughs> Which took a little bit of explaining. Um, I once, well, I once got into a, a sort of a shouting match with a blind man in uh, the Arndale Centre in Manchester. Which, yeah, I basically, I, I'd gone to, he was gone to use the disabled toilets because I had uh, Emma with me. She was in a pram and she'd done a shit. So she must have been about one and a half, two. And sort of the toilet doors opened and this blind guy's come out with his stick. And I, as I've gone to go in, I've seen that he hasn't even flushed the toilet and he's done like a massive Jurassic Park-style dump. So I've gone, oh, you scruffy bastard. And then he's turned around and gone, what? And I said, you could have flushed the toilet. And he's gone, I'm blind. Oh, yeah, but you're not paraplegic. Hey? You've got arms and legs. You can still press flush. And then he just started... He started kind of shouting at me as like, oh, look at you, picking on a blind man, aren't you? You know... At which point these old ladies kind of walked past. And then I, as the door, it was one of those like electronic doors, as the door was shutting, I gave him two fingers. And as the door had finally shut, I realised that that wouldn't have meant anything to him. So he, he won. He won. And he won. And I was bitter about that for years. You, you've um, attacked every blind person you've met since. Yeah. When you said about the, um, the mistaken identity, I, I had... <laughs> One time I was waiting for my girlfriend at the time outside the, her place of work. I was just, I was like sort of 16 at school. And there was a boy in the year below me who had a very similar hairstyle and he had exactly the same bag. It was a record bag, a blue one. And it had, uh, do you remember the brand Dossy Posse? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and it was exactly, <laughs> exactly the same bag. And then my girlfriend came came out of the shop and I was waiting across the thing. And this guy walked past down the 
shopping centre aisle and she ran up and then jumped on his back and said, hey, hey. <laughs> and I got to witness exactly what happened to you happening to her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I bet he thought, oh, this is brilliant. Girls jumping on me from nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't wearing those red and black jeans. And now it's time for some musical comedy, a uh, very topical musical comedy. This is from Mickey P. Kerr in Leeds, and it's all about being coronavirus lockdown. One. Joel. You're wondering where all this washing up come from. Piles of laundry everywhere. You can't get the children out of your hair. Why on earth has she still got her pajamas on? Why? I won't be friends. It's rather sinister. I won't shake hands with the current prime minister. Someone give that man an idiot test. You've got to go out when you're low on beer You get to the shop and you get the fear Every time someone walks past you hold your breath Don't judge me, you're out as well We shouldn't be here We're on L-O-C-K-D-O-W-N We're on L-O-C-K-D-O-W-N's it gonna end? I missed out the end but what's the point? You were gonna homeschool the kids, but what's the point? The jobs have gone anyway. You're not concerned about the school they've missed. You're too concerned about what time is it okay to get Isabel? What's it what time is it okay to start getting drunk? Mid mid morning? <laughs> mid morning? L-O-C-K and that's all for today's show that just leaves me to say thanks to everyone who's been involved uh, thanks to Edgar Frank in Culture Corner and a very special thanks to Mickey P for providing the musical comedy if you want to find out more about his stuff you can find him on Twitter uh, at Mickey P Kerr uh, he's also on Facebook uh, at Mickey P Kerr and uh, YouTube and everywhere else and in fact uh, the song we just played there is a video for it uh, if you go on Twitter or Facebook you can see the video and I think that really adds something to it so it's definitely worth checking that out alright and then I suppose next episode's burning question is what is the most uh, well, what have you been doing during the lockdown that's mundane but you've quite enjoyed I guess <laughs> I reckon it's going to be a lot of uh, fitness videos yeah well I've been doing that uh, every morning that Joe Wicks um, what is workout for kids so but to be honest it's a, it's a 30 minute video every morning it does a five-minute warm-up, ten minutes, then a break, 
and then another 10 minutes and so far me and my daughter have only managed to get up to the break and then we just keep turning it off and have a kick <laughs> yeah um, but anything else no I think that's all alright catch, catch you later. later take care take care yeah. <laughs> don't go outside <laughs> It is time to go, that's the end of the show. If you liked it, write a review. Five stars or F you. And if you want to get in touch, we'd like that very much. Send a tape of your comedy, not a tape, just an mp3. Send us some comedy or a song that is funny. Send us your favourite bit. But we don't want your dick pics. It is time to go. That's the end of the show. Tell your friends and your family. Or even the people you're married. You should join in. Answer the burning questions Send a new story Preferably something we can find about We're on the social media sites Facebook and Twitter day and night It's John and Sam in Japan at gmail.com And if you do this then maybe, just maybe Sam will put his clothes back on John and Sam in Japan The International Comedy Podcast